This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, so how's it going? Yeah, me too. I I wish people could see my face. Um, the world is a dumpster fire. The world is a and dumpster fire. And I think fire. we're in a war that we didn't realize had started, but it has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so usually we try to open with something fun and quippy, even if we're complaining about life. But today does not call for that or warrant that. Um, no. Our hearts are heavy. Lifetime Sentence family. And there are not words to express the amount of anger that I feel. And the amount of hurt that is happening in the world. Um, And I think that we all have a very important part to play. In making mm-hmm. things better. Because white people, no matter how woke we are, we're still the problem. Yes. And I think that is something that's being missed in this discourse right now. Um, is that... So I have a black brother. He came to live with us when he was 12. I still, like... I still perpetuate racism in ways that I don't realize all the time. So Mm -hmm. knowing a black person, having a black friend, being on the side of black lives matter does not preclude you from, from perpetuating hate in ways that you don't know you're doing even. So the best thing we can do is to educate ourselves and to listen to the people who are speaking up for themselves And I I know that the people who listen to our podcast are the ones listening. And I am so grateful to be part of a family and a society that are listening. Yes. And I just want to say, if you stumble across this podcast and you want to, you feel like the urge to write us something stupid, like all lives matter or something like that. Just don't. We Just don't have, unfollow. We don't have time for that. I don't care. Mm-mm, I don't care what you think. Um, I am just devastated. You know, and I think I read a Facebook post earlier that really put it into or hopefully put it into a better perspective for people all are like, not all cops. Um, They say, if you have a thousand good police officers and 10 bad police officers that hide behind their badge and their coworkers to do harm to people, you don't have 10 bad cops. You have 1,010 bad cops. Yeah. It is time And we're starting to see it happen. And it makes me, that makes me happy seeing these officers who are joining these protests because they are tired of this. Yes. Um, but it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's time. Like it's 
this is done. Like, stop. Like, oh, I can't. I can't. If a, if a man, if, you know what? If looting and destruction of property bothers you more than a man being murdered, because don't, let's not mince words. He was murdered in the middle of the street in broad daylight while people filmed it and begged the man murdering him to stop. You need to look at yourself. Yes. All those buildings can be repaired. The CEO of Target isn't even mad, so get off it. I, um, I very much enjoyed that somebody, one of my friends posted the comment from the CEO of Target, and he's actually remained pretty silent. This friend of mine has remained pretty silent through the whole thing. He just posted that and said, here's some perspective for everybody. And somebody was like, well, yeah, that's Target, but what about the small businesses that won't recover? And somebody I don't know commented with a thread of posts that have been has been floating around of the small businesses in Minneapolis who have all said... Um, his life was worth so much more than my restaurant. We will rebuild. We can recover. He can never recover. And mm-hmm. how beautiful to see so many people with perspective. Yeah. And with compassion and with empathy, which is the thing I think our nation is missing the most right now. And this is not even like a leftist or rightist or democratic or Republican issue. Empathy is, is, is absent everywhere. Yeah. And so going off that, like people are trying to make it a political issue. Human rights are not a political issue. A human rights, a human's right to live and breathe on this planet is not a political issue. No, no. And I'm in a couple of teacher Facebook groups that have opened this very important conversation as a result of, because the teaching field is 80% white. 80% of Mm -hmm. teachers are white, which means that our students are so underrepresented. Mm-hmm. So underrepresented. And so it's opened up this beautiful dialogue of white teachers asking, what can I do better? How can I help my students? Mm-hmm. But I've also seen so many people go, well, I'm just going to leave this group if it's turned political. And that pisses me off. My students' rights to feel heard and to feel seen is not political. That's a human right. That is that is a basic human necessity to feel like you're in a place of belonging. Like, like if we even look at any psychology, Maslow's lowest needs in the hierarchy are first food and then safety and belonging. Like those are the most basic human needs. And I don't know why that's being ignored by so many people. Yeah. And like I said to another one of our friends today, our job is to do better, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you. So for me in the past week, how I'm trying to do better is 
I'm going, you know, I'm speaking out on my social media platform. I don't have a platform. I'm not very popular, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking out against what has happened. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, however little of it I have, and I'm donating it to the the causes that need it. Uh, Minnesota Freedom Fund is a big thing right now. Um, I was so uh, happy to see so many of our friend group had donated to the Freedom Fund. Any any of your local black lives matter chapters anything like that and another thing i'm doing is i'm hold i'm trying to hold the people in my life accountable yep when they say something casually or overtly racist and it's already caused me to get into a fight with a family member so this is petty paul coming out to play I downloaded an app to track how many people deleted me off Facebook. And it's been quite a few. I've lost 15 friends since I posted Black Lives Matter. And then I, on, you know, I mean, you saw the post. I said, you know, if, if you have something big, bigoted to add, like all lives matter, then just feel free to unfriend me. And quite a few did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bye, I don't miss you already. Like, Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I literally unfriended someone yesterday and I never unfriend people. You know that. Yeah. I just usually unfollow them, but I unfriended someone yesterday because she took a post about Black Lives Matter, turned it into All Lives Matter, matter, and then said, how can Democrats say All Lives Matter when they're responsible for the murder of how many babies every year? And I was like, oh, mm-mm, nope, you're you gone. That was it. Yeah, like... I'm impressed. She like she did it all at once. She just wrapped it all in a little burrito and handed it to you. Yeah, it was it was quite a stretch too, on her part. Quite a stretch. I have a friend who's taken to screenshotting the horrible racist things that people are saying on Facebook, and then screenshotting their about me on Facebook because nine times out of ten they have a Bible verse. Yeah, and um calling them out on their bullshit very publicly, which is not the way I would go about things, but to each his own at this point. You know, I, like I said, the job is to do better. And, you know, white privilege exists. And it's all, as we as it is right now, it's always going to exist. Mm-hmm. Until things change, it's always going to exist. So what I'm doing is I'm learning how to weaponize my white privilege in order to protect the community that I want to see stay alive. Absolutely. Because they have the the right to be alive. Like, and that is just unreal that we have to, we have to say, Oh, this person has a right to be alive. Yeah. But yeah, if you're a white person, you know, there's plenty of posts out there about how you can, you know, stand across the street when you see officers with, you know, people of color pulled over or in handcuffs or whatever, and you can't, you know, if if you know someone starts harassing, if an officer starts harassing a person of color in public, and you're there, you just go straight up Karen on their ass and write down their badge number and tell them you know someone at the DA's office, and I actually do, and <laughs> <laughs> and you know text it to your like in front of them, like text it to your friend, like officer this or that, whatever, and because guess what? They're afraid of little sad white girls. Yeah, it's true. 
I can turn that to my own good. I like this idea of weaponize your privilege. I want to make that a shirt. (laughs) Weaponize your privilege for real. If they're going to, if, if they're going to act like we're so delicate and fragile and whatever, fine. (laughs) Listen, women have been making it work for years. Let the women do the work. So literally what I said earlier was I'll go straight up Sandra Bullock on your ass in the blind side. (laughs) I know a judge. I know someone in the DA's office and I'll make sure you sit behind a desk for the rest of your career and never think twice about it, buddy. Don't test me. Yeah. I hate everything. I think I want to leave. I'm (laughs) like I said, in our Patreon, I'm thinking about going to another country. (laughs) To not make this an hour and a half of us talking about, of us talking in circles. That's what it will be. Um, especially because we're two privileged white people doing the best we can. Like, if I'm calling a spade a spade, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about this case that is the earliest form of memeing I can remember in my life. Mm-hmm. Also, welcome to Lifetime Sentence. Oh, yeah. My name's Paul. I'm Aaron. And I'm ashamed. I'm angry. Oh, good. It's not a good time mental health-wise for me. Whew. I mean, what is next? What's chapter also, five? Also, did you know Chernobyl's on fire? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but what else is left? Did you see the radiation poisoning? I don't Did you see the tweet that said, Hey, whatever happened to the murder hornets? And somebody said, That's a filler episode. (laughs) (laughs) We've moved on to the Civil War portion of 2020. Shit. I was not prepared for episode five. No. Although I'll say this and then I'll shut up. Okay. I don't know what it was about George Floyd that it wasn't Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, Tamir Rice, um, Philando Castile, and the however many others, so many others, that have suffered this fate for doing nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. But this has sparked a movement like I've never seen. And I just think we need to harness it and keep working at it and vote. In vote November. responsibly. Vote responsibly in November. Do your research. And let's finally, let's harness the power of the people. This is a democratic nation and make a change. Absolutely. So, yeah, now I'm off my soapbox. I'm sorry. Uh, We'll get back on it several times. I've done the notes on this case. I know what's coming. Oh, I'm going to get on a different soapbox. Okay, good. You're going to trade it out real quick. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about domestic violence. Great. I hate it. Mm. This week I watched I Was Lorena Bobbitt. It stars Danny Montalvo, who plays Lorena. She's from Dispatches, Paranormal Evidence, and a show called Princess Pussy. 
I don't know any of these, but I'm suddenly reminded that we used to have a segment called Pornhub or TV. (laughs) (laughs) It stars Luke Humphrey. He plays John. Um, He was in the Manhattan Project and he's in Star Trek Discovery. Okay. And then we have Richard Clarkin. Which just sounds like Kraken, and now I'm thinking, release the Kraken. Okay, sorry. <sighs> he plays Mr. Howard, and I just call him Billy Bob Thornton because he looks exactly like Billy Bob Thornton. Um, so you've listed nobody I've ever heard of before. Did Lifetime nope. at least pay for a real song in this one? No, like... but they paid for the real Lorena Bobbitt to narrate the whole thing and okay. executive produce it. So. Okay. I was like, where did they spend their money? Anyways, Mr. Howard, Billy Bob Thornton, is from Goon, Land of the Dead, and Casino Jack. I've never even heard of those. Mm-mm, me neither. <laughs> the only one I've heard of is Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Quote, the following is based on the Raina Bobbitt's personal testimony of events, which has been contested by John Bobbitt. Nobody what? cares. John Bobbitt is wrong. Yes, absolutely. Lorena is driving... In a car, crying, her hands are covered in blood, and she's holding a knife. Casual. Hey, real quick before we get too far into it, you you usually tell me when these are part of the Rip from the Headline series, which this is, but yes. they're a little slow on the uptake lifetime. <laughs> they, they, like, peeled this one really slowly out of the headlines. Definitely not ripped. It was carefully cut out of the carefully cut out of the headlines. (laughs) Actually, they do um, in this movie. They have a whole extra infomercial tire PSA type thing. um, (laughs) Infomercial Swarovski crystals. Sorry, sorry. Watch it chop. Sorry. trying to pull ourselves together now. PSA <laughs> about domestic violence. We need to bring it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't stop. Okay. Anyway. Yes, they did like a whole PSA about domestic violence, like in the middle of the movie. So. Good, that's much needed. Yes. Um, also, it's stupid that it's much needed. Why is America yes. still stupid? <laughs> like, yeah, all lives matter except women and people of color. If you're a straight white guy. Everything's great. <laughs> straight white guys are canceled, including you. Sorry. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> if it'll help somebody, bye. Oh, God. She throws something out of her car window. Spoiler alert. It's a penis. 
she goes to some place and tries to get inside. She drops the knife in a trash can and then goes to a friend's house who has a really great 80s haircut for it being the middle of the night. Her friend is like, what the fuck? And Lorena says she doesn't remember, but she thinks she may have hurt John. And then we get some real footage about from the case and Lorena Bobbitt herself. She talks about how people laughed at her and made rude comments about her, which we see in the footage, and they didn't recognize the abuse that she had suffered. We immediately cut to a white dude in real footage whining about how important a man's penis is to him. We know. Wah. Oh, my God. She says, quote, you may know my name, but you don't know my story. She talks about coming to America, how she wanted a different life for herself. She uses her maiden name now, which is Gayo. Yeah. And, um, but back then she used a different name. Quote, back then I was Lorena Bobbitt. And you know I love it when they use, use the, the title. Name, the title in the movie. Yep. Lorena's in a bar scoping out the scene, and here comes John Bobbitt to tell her she can stop looking because the most handsome man in the place is right here. It's him. And she starts looking around like, where? <laughs> they talk about how she, she goes to school and is a nanny. John calls her the next day. Um... And her mom answers the phone and tells him to go kick rocks because Lorena can't date anyone without her permission. Get it, mom. End of the story. Your turn. The end. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lorena talks about John and how much she likes him and how he's a soldier and he's so cute and blah, blah, blah. Um, her sister teases her about how she's not wasting any time getting into the dating scene in America. And her mom jumps in to say, quote, only fools rush in, Lorena. But if he doesn't have three eyes and a hump on his back, I'll let you go out with him. Wow. But she has to have a chaperone. Okay. Um, oh, wait. It's not her mom. It's a woman she's living with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, turns out the lady with the 80s hair is Lorena's boss. She asks her boss if she can also work at the nail salon she owns when she's not nannying. John takes Lorena on a date and tries to win over not mom. She's totally charmed by him. So is Lorena. Um, now John is in a bar wearing two different shades of blue denim, which is an automatic deal breaker in my book. Okay, Justin Timberlake. Hmm. Her sister is telling her she thinks John drinks too much and surprisingly never has his wallet when they go out. But Lorena doesn't see it. She's in love. John half-ass proposes to Lorena with a ring he found by the pool table. No. In the bar. No, sir. Then he tells her it's not a proposal. It's just a promise ring. God. So I had a friend in college who... Um, her boyfriend at the time gave her a promise ring and then mm -hmm. two days later he like 
um, broke into the college and stole a bunch of instruments from the school of music and then, um, slept with like four different girls. And she was like, so apparently the promise ring means I promise to fuck up a lot and also fuck other girls. Um, 100%. I had a guy give me a promise ring and it was basically like the, the doom of our relationship or the beginning of the doom. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like getting matching tattoos. Just don't do it. Yes. Um, so ours are off the table? Yeah. Oh, damn. Damn. <laughs> I was going to have twat raffle, waffle right here on my collarbone. <laughs> I didn't talk about the kitty. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> hey, Aaron got a cat. I got a cat. Okay. And a coloring book that says twat waffle. <laughs> and a coloring book that says twat waffle that no, I'm working on a picture of. <laughs> yes. All right. That's it. Moving on. Um, he tells her he wants her all to himself and they exchange I love you's. And then we just cut to their wedding with that same gross pool table ring. He didn't upgrade? He didn't go no. st- He didn't go steal one from like, I don't know, bowling alley or what's an upgrade from a pool table? Shuffleboard on a cruise ship? Well, I think finding something for free that belonged to someone else next to a pool table in a bar is absolutely upstaged by anything else. <laughs> a twist tie from the bread at the grocery store. There you go. Listen, here's the thing, though. If you really love someone, I can think of a person I love that I would marry if he brought me a ring out of a gumball machine. Oh, yeah, because it's 100% a thought. It mm-hmm. This man half-heartedly found a ring and was like, well, this would be fun. Like there yeah. was, there was no thought to this. Right. Um, so yes, they get married. Um, at work, she talks to her friends about how happy she is and then offers to set her coworker up with Todd, John's friend who is living with them for a couple of weeks. Coworker asks if that's, uh, interrupting their amorous activities, but Lorena says they have plenty of time together. She gets her first paycheck and makes reservations at a fancy restaurant, but John doesn't want to go and gaslights her into changing the restaurant to a wing place and then invites Todd. Yeah, no thanks. I'm busy that day. Later at a bar, Todd and John are doing shots and Lorena says she's going to go and they can take a cab home. But John takes her keys and says he drives tanks for a living. He can handle driving the car. So he drives home, speeding and swerving all over the road. Lorena pulls the steering wheel right before they hit someone head on. So John obviously starts hitting her. What the fuck? When they get home, he drags her into the bedroom and starts beating her up. But he's interrupted by a knock on the door. It was a police officer driving by and saw him through the window and wanted to know if everything's okay. No, officer, everything is not okay. He tells the officer that Lorena gets paranoid sometimes and he has to calm her down, but this is this cop's first rodeo, so he asks Lorena if she wants to stay there, and she says no. He asks her if she has somewhere to go, and she says no, but she wants to leave anyway. So the officer takes her with him. Um, John closes the door and slaps himself and the walls. Because I guess he needed something to hit. Right. Well, you have to. Mm. Um, 
Lorena goes to her work parking lot and cries. We cut back to real Lorena talking about how she would tell herself it was going to pass and everything would be okay. Back in the movie, it's 1993, and now three hours after the incident with John. The the penis cutting right. incident, not the domestic violence incident. Right. <laughs> Lorraine is in the ER talking to a doctor and a police detective about how John had raped her. She went into the kitchen and picked up the knife, and she doesn't remember what happened next. The detective is like, ma'am, we're, we're aware of the incident, but I need to know where uh, the appendage uh, is. No. And I'm like, dude, you can say penis. It won't make you gay. <laughs> um, I really wish that Lorena would be like, it's a scavenger hunt. Your first clue is. <laughs> and it's like, Leslie, nope, there are 27 clues to get there. Yeah. Um, the doctor is like, excuse me, what about the rape that just occurred? But the detective only cares about John and how he may not live without it. So she tells them the general area where she was, and they send out a search party for his penis. Um, <laughs> a search party. <laughs> Can you imagine having to? You come home late from work, and your wife's like, "Where have you been? Um, I've been looking for Dick. I, you, you were what?" I, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (sighs) Um, And then they talk to Lorena about doing a rape kit. Um, So now Lorena is being interrogated and telling the story of the rape. And this detective can go straight to hell. He repeatedly questions her story, outright says, quote, if that even happened, and tells her advocate to stop talking multiple times. Yeah, no, hard pass. And why don't women report rape more? I don't get it. I, you know, I'm same. Yeah. Um, Real Lorena talks about how she was so young. Her English was still not great. And she was never offered a translator or an attorney to help her understand what was happening. Yeah, that can fuck off. Yeah. Back in the interrogation, Lorena is a sobbing, shaking mess. She tells the detective that John always comes first and never waits for her, which is selfish. And I was like, yes, girl. Sure fucking is. Yep. (laughs) So she cut his dick off. Um, You know. I still don't see the problem here. Yeah. So real Lorena talks about how she didn't know the word rape. And so the orgasm thing was taken out of context and misinterpreted. She was trying to say he takes sex from me but she didn't know how to say it Mm -hmm. um after the incident lorena goes back to work like a normal person while john goes on a media tour great fuck howard stern by the way oh yeah Um, he's part of my notes yes good i'm glad suddenly she becomes the biggest joke in the country she's at work while a show in the background makes fun of her and calls her crazy and everyone in the store just stares at her. You know what they need in that store? Netflix. Yeah. Um, her coworker finally turns off the TV, which is so kind. Um, Real Lorena just says it was like no one saw or cared about the abuse she experienced for years, which is absolutely an understatement. Um, movie Lorena cries in the back of the store. Her friend tries to cheer her up, but she thinks John will get away with it. Um, 
which, yeah, he does. Um, back in 1989, pre-incident, Lorena wakes up in her car in her work parking lot. She asks her boss about married fighting, and her boss tells her that all couples fight. It's just part of the package. So Lorena goes back to her husband that beat her up. Mm, yeah, I don't like that. John comes home and calls her overdramatic, but he's, like, super sorry, so they should just put it all behind them. He says that everyone makes mistakes, and it wasn't him. It was the alcohol that made him punch her. And I hate when alcohol makes me punch people. It's the worst. I know. Blame it on the uh, 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 alcohol. Alcohol. Um, Da-da-da. Then he hugs her and says if she just hadn't grabbed the steering wheel, they could have avoided this whole mess. God, what a fucking... Keep going. Mm -hmm. They go on a weekend getaway with Todd and Lorena's co-worker. Some dudes whistle at Lorena and her co-worker. And can we also add that to the cancellation list while we're at it? Because it's gross. Yes. Have you ever been whistled at in a way that made you stop and like thank them for noticing kindly exchange your number and then like you got you know dated happily ever after for some period of time oh yeah that's how i met my husband oh wait (laughs) refer to last week's episode yeah nobody loves me awesome okay um So, of course, John gets mad and accuses Lorena of picking up other guys right in front of him. Then he screams at Lorena about thinking he's stupid. Her co-worker finally steps in, but John's had it, and they leave and drive back home. The whole way home, John berates Lorena for ruining a, quote, perfectly good vacation and, quote, having sex with every guy on the beach. Oh, Lorena continues to insist that nothing happened. Then John tells her that men only respond to women who are sending out signals. And from what he can tell, she was sending out all the signals. And fuck that. Yeah, listen, I don't know. No. So Lorena just looks out the window. So John grabs her by the hair so he can be sure she's paying attention. No, sir. Her friend tries to step in again because they sure are still in the backseat of that car. Oh, my God. But John tells her to shut up and stay out of their business or he'll stop the car and drop her not at all fat ass off on the side of the road. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Real Lorena says that John convinced her that everything was her fault and she brought out the worst in him and she believed him. So now it's Christmas time. John comes home while Lorena is decorating the tree and he tells her he's going to buy her a, quote, hot little teddy for Christmas. No. (laughs) Listen, if you want lingerie for Christmas go off but oh yeah no 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 i just don't like him Mm -hmm. i don't like him either then he notices the tree is fake and so he goes apoplectic perfect i love that he makes the money he wants a real tree he threatens to get her kicked out of the country and calls her an illegal alien maybe i just show love differently maybe that's like, also, I just want to say, and they say this multiple times to really drive the point home. 
her visa had nothing to do with her marriage. Right. She was there already. Yeah, okay. So. <sighs> then he beats her up. Yeah, okay. So, real Lorena says he was like a bomb that you never knew when he would explode. People at work see her bruises and start asking questions. Her coworker confronts her, and Lorena tells her not to worry because she just got the best news in the world. He died. No. She tells John that she's pregnant by putting a bib around his neck. He gets mad, of course, because he's the fucking worst. He tries to make her make an appointment to have an abortion. When she refuses, he tells her it's either him or, quote, that thing. Mm, yeah, no, sir. But goodbye. Um, then he leaves. So she decides to have the abortion. And he goes with her and antagonizes her in the waiting room. So there's, like, all these people in the waiting room. He's like, you know, it's going to hurt. They don't use anesthesia anymore. The needle is this big. It goes right through your bones. No, no. No. Thankfully, the clinic, which, I mean, is just so medically inaccurate. I can't even. But Great. also, yeah. Um, the clinic nurse, thankfully, sees him and um, tells John to get the fuck out. Um, Real Lorena tells us about the charges filed against both of them. Though she remained the focus and was viciously attacked by the media. Back in 1990, it's Thanksgiving, and John continues to play the role of the doting husband in front of Lorena's family. He dances with her mom in the kitchen. Lorena asks him to turn on the parade, but John is too busy watching the Redskins and the Broncos? Okay. I was like, who cares about those teams besides my coworker? And I'm sorry, Jody. <laughs> Um, Lorena gets worried because he's gambling, but he just stomps out of the room like a gr like grownups do. Right. Mm. They turn on the parade since he left the room. And he, on cue, he walks back in to yell it and scream about the game. Oops, his mask is slipping. And he's like, great, Lorena. I missed watching the touchdown and now my team lost. Good job. You ruined everything. Yep. Because you weren't watching. They were so disheartened. Mm -hmm. Her mom tells her it's her job to keep the peace, which no. Um, John then cuts the cable so nobody can watch TV. Lorena and her mom get up to leave and go to someone else's house. But John takes her keys and her purse and hops into the car. Lorena tries to stop him, but he just holds onto her arm and speeds out of the driveway, dragging her with him before letting her go and roll into the street. Not a fan. So she has like road rash and everything. Her mom goes to get a towel to clean her up, but refuses to let her call the police because, quote, this is a family matter. So Lorena gets mad and then calls the cops anyway. Good. Mm -hmm. um, real Lorena talks about how she didn't. She did call and request help. She called nine one one, etc. But it only made John more violent. We go back to after the incident. Lorena goes to visit her attorney. They decide only to charge John with marital sexual assault um, and not rape. 
which sounds like some third degree murder bullshit to me. Yep. Justice for George Floyd. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Lorena tells her lawyer, who looks like Billy Bob Thornton, that this isn't fair. And he's like, well, I mean, it's the law. So, by the way, if you're found guilty, you could go to prison for 20 years. Thanks for stopping by. Have a nice day. Great. So, back again before the attack, Lorena gets up at 3 a.m. to ask... Oh, this was the part that triggered me so bad. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. She gets up at 3 a.m. to ask John to turn down the television. He's watching porn. And I have nothing against porn. Porn's great. Um, But I totally understand her frustration because my ex used to do this. And I don't know what it is but when a man like constantly berates you um and bitches about not having enough sex even though we had sex all the time my body how I looked constantly and they would stay home late or come home early from work to watch porn like in the living room on the television where he knew I would see him oh my god it was yeah bad then he says something word for fucking word that my ex has said had said to me before. Oh, no. She points out that they have sex all the time. And he says, quote, yeah, if you count when you just lie there like a dead fish. Oh, hell no. Um, they fight about money and how she's fat. She's not. Um, then Lorena turns off the TV and goes back to bed. This obviously enrages John, so he beats the shit out of her and rapes her on the floor. Mm-mm. Real Lorena says she felt like a hostage in her own home. She cries to her sister because John took her papers and green card to New York and says that ICE is going to come and throw her out of the country. No. Her sister takes photos of her bruises. Five months after the incident now... John's on trial. He pulls up to people outside waving American flags and shit. I have nothing to say. Just keep going. I really hate this country sometimes, which is a lot of times. Um, he's also found not guilty, so everyone can go die now. Thanks. The evidence of previous abuse, like the photos, etc., we're inadmissible. So I'm going to go live in the woods now. Great. Lorena's boss gets mouthy with the press, which I love. I stand that. Um, she comes home and Lorena, who is staying there, is in bed crying and watching the news. She can't sleep because she's having nightmares and her boss gives her a nice pep talk. But Lorena is terrified. Yeah. She goes... To visit her attorney again, who tells her that the acquittal is a blow to their case, so they've hired a new attorney to help them. They ask her to keep an open mind and tell her they want to introduce battered women's syndrome, even though it's super risky and had only been used a couple of times at that point. Right. Um, And they also want to plead irresistible impulse. Okay. Which I don't. I didn't get the exact definition, but basically it was like, it was right there. So I had to do it. (laughs) It, It's a little bit of he had it coming with uh, temporary insanity. 
Look, if they had just ended this with a whole rendition of He Had It Coming, I would have been so happy. Um, They ask her to testify, and she doesn't want to. Um, Now we're back before the incident, and John pops up out of nowhere after a year in New York vacationing with Lorena's green card to say that he wants to get back together. He's been to counseling and he's talked to couples that have stayed married for a long time. And they told him to admit that this is all his fault and beg for her forgiveness. He promises to stop drinking and to stop hitting her. So they reconcile. Real Lorena talks about the reconciliation and how she felt that she owed it to her marriage to try again. And I just want everyone to remember that she's 20 to 21 years old. And that statistically women return to their abusers 20 times before leaving for good. Right. She talks about the cycle of abuse. um, Real Lorena does. And then we go back to the movie. Back in hell, Lorena is making up the couch for John's friend to stay on. But John tells her not to be silly. This guy is going to live with them. No. They're going to go buy plywood to build him his own room. Um, I don't believe that you're cut out for that. Um, so they start fighting in front of his friend and John calls her a bitch and his friend is like, dude, that's not cool. And then leaves. So they keep fighting and Lorena says she is leaving and wants a divorce. So John pushes her up against the wall and rapes her again because she's quote unquote his and she better not forget it. And even if she leaves him, he'll still come get what belongs to him. No, sir. Literally Mm. nothing belongs to you. So Lorena goes to her boss's house to talk it out. Lorena tells her that she wants a divorce, but she's scared. Um, Real Lorena talks about how shelters weren't really a thing back then, and the Violence Against Women Act wouldn't become law until the next year. Um, So back in the movie, she goes home to pick up some stuff, and John starts digging through her bag and finds a tape recorder. That sends him off the deep end, which, I mean, at this point, what doesn't? Right. Um, And he tells her, so his friend, like, comes in and is like, hey, are we going to go? And so he's like, yeah, I'm just saying goodbye to my wife. And then he tells her she's going to pay for it later and then leaves. So Lorena goes and reports him. A very unsympathetic man takes her report and asks her about, quote, all the things he did to her. She tries to file a restraining order, but since she's on her lunch break and then she has to go home before the complete nutbag of a husband she has comes searching for her, she's unable to because, like, it's going to take too long. So she leaves. Mm. After the incident, her lawyer offers her a plea deal. If she admits it was premeditated, she will have to... She will only have to spend four months in prison, but she refuses because she wants her turn to tell the judge what really happened and what John really did to her. Okay. And it's the trial. The DA is a good old boy from the South who admits John raped his wife and then spouts about how we live in a society of love. Um, What society are you in, sir? How can I Hmm. join it? The white straight boy society. Oh, right. You're right. I didn't actually want a membership in that one. Um, she has maimed her poor husband and she is guilty. 
after the first day of court, Lorena says she doesn't think she can testify because John is at the trial and she's afraid that he's going to like charge through the barrier and kill her like right in the courtroom. Oh my God. Okay. Her lawyers are like, don't worry. We're going to take care of John. You'll be, you're going to be fine. Um, John goes on the stand and says he didn't feel drunk that night, even though he had five beers and two B-52s. Yeah, no, I didn't feel drunk. I was just wasted as fuck. Yeah. So they go through the trial. There is a police officer, John's friend, and her friend that confirmed the past violence between them because they had all seen it. Right. Lorena's trial lasts 12 days. And since it was being broadcast, the whole world heard the most personal, intimate details of her life. She gets asked about anal sex, which is absolutely what I would want to talk about in front of America. 100%, yep. Um, the jury does not look amused by any of this. She says every time they had sex, he would threaten to perform anal sex on her. Oh my god. A doctor gets up and talks about PTSD. And again, if anal sex is your thing, like, go off. It was not her thing. Right. And that's okay. Right. Um, a doctor gets up and talks about PTSD, depression, anxiety, which is a not a fun combo, like zero stars. Do not recommend. Right. Um, Lorraine is back on the stand and they walk through the incident. John comes home wasted and climbs into bed. He starts groping Lorena and then rapes her while she begs him to stop. She starts yelling, I can't breathe, which almost gave me a full-blown anxiety attack. Yeah, no, I can understand. Uh, he finishes and then rolls over and to go to sleep. She asks why he keeps doing this to her, and he says, because I can. No, no, oh God. Real Lorena voiceovers that her mind went blank and she couldn't handle it anymore. Um, in the movie, she goes to the kitchen to get water and has a bunch of flashbacks of John abusing her all in a row. She picks up a knife off the counter and then my DVR cut out, so I yelled a lot and then got it back up. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton does his closing statement. They talk to Lorena about what will happen if she's found guilty. Her lawyer shows her protesters outside of the people on her side. That was nice. That is nice. So I cry. Um, the jury comes is back and they find Lorena, L- Lorena, Lorena, not guilty by temporary insanity. Um, real Lorena, real Lorena says over um, video of her like walking out of the courtroom. The beginning in the beginning, she asked why her and how she sees, and now how she sees it. It happened to all women who were abused. But she's not just in it for herself. She's in it for all survivors. And I don't want to fuck up this quote, so hold on. Okay. Okay, then she says, To all of the survivors of domestic violence, silence is not an option. Please know that we are here, we believe you, and we will never stop fighting for you. And then she becomes a citizen, and I cry again. And I'm also reminded how important the citizenship oath is and how many, many people in the White House, the House of Representatives, and the Senate should really give that one the once-over. Yeah, just highlight your favorite part for me. 
quote, Lorena Gallo has dedicated her life to helping other survivors. She created the Lorena Gallo Foundation, which works with community groups to prevent domestic violence and sexual assault. She continues to live in Virginia with her family. If you know, if you or someone you know is experiencing domestic abuse, call 911 or the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7223, or visit the John Wayne Bobbitt was acu- acquitted on the charge of marital sexual assault. He and Lorena divorced in 1995, and he can go fuck himself. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So, I'm sure you remember this case from when we were younger. Oh, totally, yeah. Um, like I said, it was what I think of as really the first meme I remember in my life. Because yeah. I can remember my dad joking about it. And it was, it was like she said, a big nationwide joke. The whole world was looking at her. Um, it was. And I have to say, and of course, I was young back then. So maybe I just don't, I remember it more skewed. But I don't remember anyone ever talking about her being abused. No, they never did. And that's part of what I'm going to talk about today. Um, also, um, the biggest saving grace she had in coming down from the national stage so quickly was that Tanya Harding went batshit about three months afterward. Oh, so still pray for her. Yeah. All right. So, um, my sources are our good old friend at Wikipedia, John Wayne and Lorena Mm -hmm. Bobbitt. New York Times had an article. I mean, John Wayne is just a dumb name anyway. <laughs> New York Times had an article by Amy Chazik that I uh, read. USA Today ran a story um, that was in 2019, so it's a recent story, called What If Lorena Bobbitt Were on Trial Today? How Perception of Abuse Has or Hasn't Changed by Aaliyah E. Dastagir. And then also, um, I went to vawnet.org, which sounds like a made up website. Like it sounds like they also need to put a .com somewhere in there. <laughs> .edu. Right. <laughs> um, this was marital rape, new research and directions. And their data is actually from 2006. But as I found other data, it hasn't changed that much. Um, and theirs was yeah. a very comprehensive list. So, um, Approximately 10 to 14% of married women are raped by their husbands in the United States. Approximately one third of women report having unwanted sex with their partner. Historically, most rape statutes read that rape was forced sexual intercourse with a woman, not your wife, thus granting a husband's license to rape. Mm Mm-hmm. On July 5th, 1993, a marital rape finally became marital rape finally became a crime in all 50 states under at mm-hmm. least one section of the Sexual Offense Code. In 20 states, the District of Columbia and on federal lands, there are no exemptions from rape persecution granted prosecutions are granted to husbands. However, in 30 states, there are still some exemptions given to husbands from rape prosecution. In most of these 30 states, a husband is is exempt when he does not have to use force because his wife is most vulnerable or is unable to consent. 
So it is not counted as rape in 30 states if she is physically or mentally impaired, if she's unconscious, if she's asleep, or if she is uh, drunk or experiencing the side effects of any drugs. Gotta love it. No, I don't gotta love it. Nope. Um, I aggressively do not love it. Good. Um, women who are raped by their husbands are likely to be raped many times, often 20 or more times. They mm-hmm. experience not only vaginal rape, but also oral and anal rape. Um, mm-hmm. Researchers generally categorize marital rape into three types. Force-only rape, battering rape, and sadistic rape. Um, women are at particularly high risk for being raped by their partners under the following circumstances. Women married to domineering men who view them as property. Women who are in physically violent relationships. Women who are pregnant. Women who are ill or recovering from surgery. Women who are separated or divorced. And then they also said, it's a myth that marital rape is less serious than other forms of sexual violence. I didn't know that people thought that was a myth. Um, and yeah. I don't know why anyone would like, I like, I don't know why anyone believed that. Um, no. So, so many, um, there are also so many physical side effects, um, or physical effects, including, um, Injuries to, um, sorry, I typed something stupid there. Um, Mm -hmm. lacerations, soreness, bruising, torn muscles, fatigue, and vomiting. Um, women who are battered and raped often suffer from broken bones, black eyes, bloody noses, and knife wounds. And the reason I start with all this heavy information, um, is because, in 2006, 30 states still allowed marital rape under some form. And that sh- that is not okay. That should not be allowed. Um, there are long-term psychological side effects. and um, Yes, there are. Yes, there are. Um, and those things are often not even mentioned in a case of marital rape when there is an actual um, trial to be had. Um, that is something that is important to bring into the discourse about it. Yeah. Um, and we can just like, we can probably even replace the word marital with just with rape in intimate general. partner. Oh yeah. Intimate partner violence. Yeah. And rape is extremely serious and people are like, Oh, it's not that, it, it's not that bad. Yes, it yes, is. It is. So, um, this article that I read, the one from New York Times, opens with this quote. It has been 26 years since Lorena Bobbitt, a 24-year-old wounded bird of a woman with dark, wiry hair and sad, penetrating eyes, became so enshrined in the annals of popular culture that she makes a cameo in a in both a Philip Roth novel and Eminem lyrics. Today, mm-hmm. Lorena is a shy, is shy, a petite 117 pounds in a black blazer, tasteful black stilettos, diamond hoop earrings, and a Louis Vuitton handbag. She told me her weight. Yeah, girl, get that Louis. Right? right. She told me her weight 
because she had weighed 95 pounds in 1993 when John said, when John, she said, had assault. Nope. When John said she had assaulted him. Um, even though she is public, she is physically transformed. Now the picture of an up, upwardly mobile 49 year old suburban mom with wispy blonde hair. She has the same sad, dark orb like eyes. And even though she goes by her maiden name and shortly after the trial, the media moved on. Thank you, Tanya Harding. People meet, <laughs> people meet Lorena in Manassas and it doesn't take long for them to make the connection that she is that Lorena in Manassas. I live here. This is my home. Why should he have the last laugh? She said when I asked why she didn't move away. Amen. Um, so John Wayne Bobbitt and Lorena Bobbitt, born Lorena Gallo, were um, married on June 18th, 1989. Um, they made worldwide headlines in 1993 when, after years of allegedly being raped, according to the Wikipedia article, but of years of being raped... <laughs> excuse me I'm gonna apparently You're I'm gonna right die I don't know apparently um when I, years after um sorry You're apparently fine. dying makes me not be able to read anymore um, I hate when that happens when after years of, of being raped beaten and sodomized by her husband Lorena cut off his penis with a knife while he was asleep in bed the penis was. Let's all take a moment to grieve. Nah, I'm good. Okay, fast. The, the penis was subsequently surgically reattached, and John Wayne Bobbitt was acquitted on the rape charge. Yippee. Even though he admitted to it. Uh huh. He admitted to it. Oh, I hate this guy. Okay, sorry. The incident in which Lorena Bobbitt severed her husband, John Wayne Bobbitt's penis, occurred June 23rd, 1993, in Manassas, Virginia. Lorena Bobbitt stated in a court hearing that after coming home that evening, her husband raped her. After he then went to sleep, she got out of bed and went to the kitchen for a drink of water. She then grabbed an eight inch carving knife on the kitchen counter, returned to their bedroom, pulled back the bed sheets and cut off his dick. I wonder who gave her that. I wonder if that knife was a wedding gift and if she sent them like a really nice thank you. I hope so. Williams and Sonoma knife and then you I'm such a bitch Ugh. <laughs> after this she left the apartment with the severed appendage <laughs> sorry I was just thinking earlier when you were like dude you could you could say penis <laughs> you can we'll make you gay promise after this she left the apartment with his dick in her hand <laughs> and drove away in her car after a while, in a box for so you. she Sorry. admitted in every interview she's done, she admitted that she couldn't steer one handed because she was very small. And like, I think the what I understood it as is she was too kind of too short to see over the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. So she kind of held herself up with both hands because she is a tiny yeah. woman. She um, is very tiny. So she um, she, she is little, but she is fierce. Right. Okay. So she couldn't control it with just one hand, so she had to throw it out the window, which I get. Like, yeah, release your burdens. Um, amen. <laughs> so she eventually stopped and called nine one one, telling them what had happened and where the penis could be found. Um, 
John Bobbitt's penis was found after an exhaustive search, and after being washed with antiseptic and packed in saline ice, it was reattached in the hospital where he was treated. Now, I do have um, a little bit of fun to poke at that. Um, let me see where I... So, this is from the New York Times article. Fifteen minutes away near Maplewood Drive was the gravel-strewn field where she disposed of the detached penis out the driver's side window. So why did she throw it away, I asked. I tried to drive the car, obviously, but I had this thing in my hand, so I couldn't drive, so I got rid of it. Obviously, the journalist added. <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah, I get it. Further down the road is the nail salon where she worked and, and fled to that night. I'm not a vindic vindictive person. I told them where it was, Lorena Gallo said. Um, by them, she means the police, who sometime after 4.30 a.m. clutched their own loins and went digging through the overgrown roadside for grass for the missing <laughs> member. <laughs> oh, five. They found it. Put it on ice in a big bite hot dog box from a nearby 7-Eleven. <laughs> Let the poetic justice sink in on that. <laughs> <laughs> and rushed it to the hospital where in a nine and a half hour feat of urological and plastic surgery, it was reattached and restored to almost full function. What so, is almost full function? Oh, well, I'll talk about that, too, because now I know. <laughs> because Aww. your documentary left out something very important that I did boots on the ground research for, and now I need lots of therapy. My documentary? <laughs> I mean, your lifetime show. Sorry. I'm going to also talk about a documentary she was in that was so good. Yes. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh -huh. I haven't watched all of it but i tco covered it it was so good that is actually why she agreed to do this because that was the first time her story had been told as a victim mm -hmm. um so anyway let's see um so by okay this is where in my notes i talk about what almost full function means Yay! He went on to star in two pornographic film in the films in the 1990s. Yeah, I knew that. And claims that his penis is, quote, back to normal. Um, I did the research. Don't watch them. They're some of the worst porn I've ever seen. Just don't. I regret everything. I regret everything. Don't do it. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I What's John Bobbitt? <laughs> <laughs> so, the one of them oh, is called. No. Oh God! <laughs> one of them is called John Wayne Bobbitt Uncut. Which props to that title. Like whoever wrote that, I will give you a, give you a prop. And the, the other one is called John Wayne Bobbitt in Franken Penis. <laughs> yep. So, I did not watch Franken Penis. I did not feel the need to after oh, I watched I about. Ask your question about Franken Penis. Nope. Now I'm mad. Nope. I watched 30 seconds, if even that, of Uncut, and I was like, nope. This is like, it's not entertaining. And if I'm being honest, his dick looks like it got shut in a car door. 
I just want to know, like, did he scream, it's alive? (laughs) Arise! (laughs) Oh. Anyway, so when she was arrested on the night of June 23rd, she told the police, um, and this is the quote, and as you mentioned, it was kind of broken English because her, she was relatively new to, um, to speaking English. Um, so the quote that gets taken out of context and is put everywhere and is misinterpreted is, quote, he always have orgasm and he doesn't wait for me ever to have orgasm. He's selfish. Um, which by the way, is selfish, right? So this conversation was tape recorded and the transcript was read later in the trial, um, against Lorena. Um, but as you mentioned, the intent behind it was her trying to say that he has been raping her. Yes. That but of course um all america can see is this guy had his dick cut off so he's the one that's been wronged during the yep. trial the couple revealed details of their volatile relationship and the events that led to the assault lorena stated that john sexually physically and emotionally abused her during their marriage she said that he flaunted his infidelities and forced her to have an abortion her defense attorneys who included um I don't know why I decided anything that her defense attorneys maintained that um, his constant abuse caused her to eventually snap because she was suffering from clinical depression. No, duh. And a possible bout of PTSD. Yeah, it turns out being hit is super depressing. Right. And leads to PTSD. No way. Mm-hmm. Um, John denied the allegations of abuse. However, when he was cross-examined by Howard, his statements often conflicted with known facts severely weakening the prosecution's case because he's a big fat liar yep lorana testified that john had raped her and had physically and physically battered her on multiple occasions prior to the evening of the severing of his dick that they lacked financial stability and that he stole her earrings and spent the money that he earned on them both the prosecution and defense sides conceded that he had demonstrated a history of abuse toward her and that this abuse created a context for the, for the assault expert witnesses for both the prosecution and the defense testified that he had mentally and physically battered her, that the abuse was escalating and that by 1993, she lived in constant fear of him. That's pretty bad when even the prosecution's uh, professionals can't get on board with the prosecution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Except I don't feel sorry for any of these people. Right. Except Lorena. Right. Um, The defense strategy emphasized her action as being a mix of self-defense and temporary insanity, constituting an irresistible impulse due to the history, Mm -hmm. uh, history and pattern of abuse and rape. One expert witness testified that Lorena believed and was immobilized by John's threat. I will find you whether we're divorced or separated and wherever I find you, I'll have sex with you whenever I want to. Yeah. He's a real charmer. Real charmer. Um, so, oh, I'll get back to that in a minute. My notes are a little out of order. And when I wrote them three nights ago, I was like, I'll remember what I meant to do. Nope. 
Oops, sorry, I ruined it. Oh, it's not your fault. I could have like <laughs> been logical, but ADHD Paul was like, we're just going to top. <laughs> I love how ADHD Paul is from the swamp. He's also an asshole. He ruins my life. <laughs> um, so John Bobbitt was later acquitted of rape. He had multiple versions of what had happened that evening um, relating to at various times to police and to the court that they had not set, had sex. And then he said that Lorena had tried to initiate sex, but he'd been too tired. Then he said that they had had sex, but he'd slept through it. And then finally that the sex had been consensual. And, um, I don't know how you tell the same story seven different ways. Well, it's not the same story. Right. After seven hours of deliberation, the jury found Lorena not guilty due to insanity, causing an uh, due to insanity causing an irresistible impulse to sexually wound John. And as we mentioned earlier, that really was like it's defined as she saw the one opportunity she had, so she took it. And, mm-hmm. and they could prove that she would have done it. So part of in my reading, part of um, the way to get an insanity defense because they're so hard to come by. Uh, oh, yeah. Is um, you have to prove without doubt that the defendant would have done it even if the police were standing there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because a person who is not criminally or temporarily insane would not should not want to commit an act like that if there's a police someone's got the zoomies i'm sorry that's okay junie um anyway so um so because they found this um found her not guilty due to insanity she could not be held liable for her actions she um did have to go under state law into a 45-day evaluation period at the Central State Hospital. <coughs> and after she was released, she and John divorced. So, after the incident, John, the lowlife, attempted to generate money from his um, renown by forming a band. He's the fucking worst. I'm sorry. Um, His band was called the severed parts. Roll your eyes harder for me, please. <laughs> I can't. They don't go back any further. <laughs> um, his band was surprisingly unsuccessful and failed to generate enough... Oh, yeah, enough, we're all shocked. Right? And failed to generate enough money to cover his medical and legal bills. Interesting. Um, as I mentioned, he made those two porns. No thanks. Um, and he became a solid fixture on the Howard Stern show who, fuck that guy. One of his quotes was <clears throat> like Stern said one time, I don't even buy that he was raping her. She's not that great looking. Yep. Hi, rape is not about looks. It's about power. Mm-hmm. Also, and I mean also, this. Also, I'm sorry, he's no pretty picture to look that's at That's what I was either. about to say. I was about to say from the bottom of my heart, Howard Stern, do you <laughs> own a fucking mirror? Well, Howard Stern and John Bobbitt both 
are not attractive men. Sorry. No. Um, you know, John Wayne Bobbitt had not abused her. You know, like, he can promise he never abused her. But in 1994, he was charged with striking Christina Elliott, who was um, a former exotic dancer that he'd met while in Vegas on a publicity publicity tour. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, he does not have a good track record for not hitting women for someone that compl- can... What's the word I'm looking for? Maintains that he does not hit women. Right. On August 31st of 1994, he was convicted of battery and sentenced to 15 days in jail, um, which was only 75% of the original 60-day sentence that um, he was actually given. Um, the judge in this case said, quote, mm-hmm. I firmly believe... Rock Turner him? Yeah. Was the- he a good swimmer? I don't know. Sorry, I'm like I'm I'm ready to burn the world down if you I can't know, tell. I know. The judge in this case said, "Quote: I firmly believe you have an attitude problem. Your attitude problem is caused by your drinking." Mm-hmm. So then, um, in 1998, he appeared on the WWF now WWE Monday Night Raw, <clears throat> um, where. Um, after that, so he's just kind of trying to ride his celebrity in any way possible. And I use that word very lightly. Um, not long after that, though, he moved to Las Vegas, where he worked as a bartender, a limo driver, a mover, a pizza delivery driver, and a tow truck operator. He also had a stint serving at a wedding chapel. And I don't think, sir, that you have any business in one. No, you don't have any business inside of any kind of church, and I'm not even religious, so... In 1999, he received probation um, for his role in a theft at a store in Nevada. In 2003, he was sentenced to prison for violating his probation for the 1999 theft, and um, was arrested on battery charges involving his then-wife, Joanna Farrell, he was again twice arrested on charges of battery against Farrell in 2004. And that same year, he filed for divorce under the name John W. Farrell, which he'd been using during his marriage. <clears throat> so. Tell me again about how you don't hit your wife. Right. Um, well, not that we um, take pleasure in this knowledge, but in 2014, he was severely injured when he broke his neck in a vehicle accident. I see that you feel so bad for him. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. Now, as for Lorena. That's what it is. After the trial, Lorena attempted to keep a low profile and reverted back to her maiden name. In October of 1996, she made a visit to um, Ecuador, her native country, and she met Mm -hmm. with the president of the time, President Bukaram, um, for the official dinner. Sometime later, they baptized a child as a godmother and a godfather. Um, And then the president was actually highly criticized for inviting Lorena to dinner. And he was like, but but she didn't do anything wrong. Like, he defended her. Yeah. Also, like, I want to go to Ecuador so bad. I've heard it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. In December of 1997... Um, she was actually charged with assault for punching her mother. 
when they were watching television. She was eventually acquitted of assault and her mother continued to live with her. So I don't actually know what came from that or like what it stemmed from. Let's just not hit people. Yeah. In 2007, she was working at a beauty salon in Washington, D.C. The same year, she founded Lorena's Red Wagon, an organization which helps prevent domestic violence through family-oriented activities. Mm-hmm. And in 2008, she appeared on the CBS news program, The Early Show, where she talked about her life since the incident. In the interview, she said that she was in a long-term relationship with a man named David Bellinger, and they had a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter together. Aww. Um, so, in April of 2009, Oprah tried to get the Bobbitts to appear on a show, um, and Lorena was vehemently against it, but then the show The Insider... Um, had them on their show in May of 2009. It was their first meeting since their divorce. On the show, Mm -hmm. he apologized to her for the way he treated her during their marriage. Um, And Lorena also claimed at this time, and she has held to this statement, that um, he still sent her flowers and cards for Valentine's Day and, like, her birthday. So he was still trying to keep that abusive grip on her and controlling grip on her long after it was over. Nobody ever sends me flowers. I'm sorry. (laughs) The Bobbitt case. (laughs) Most importantly, the Bobbitt case brought attention to the issue of domestic violence and marital rape. Within days Mm -hmm. of the incident, anti-domestic violence advocates and some feminist groups rallied around Lorena, citing the alleged continuous abuse. uh, No, not alleged. That was a copy and paste. Citing the continuous abuse she suffered at the hands of John that caused her to attack him, albeit in an unusual and violent manner. Um, so. Sometimes you really need to get your point across. <laughs> Literally. He walked into my knife. He ran into my knife ten times. Um, let's see if I can. I copied a couple of things. So. She said in this New York Times article, um, so she said, quote, they always just focused on it, as in her husband's detached and reattached, and then a couple of years later, surgically enlarged penis. Gross. Yeah, that was all the media before now. Before the Women's March before the, and the hashtag MeToo movement, when we were all less evolved as humans wanted to talk about. Um, I don't know how evolved they think we are now, but I guess we're slightly Not very. more evolved. Um, no, she said, I would argue no. She said, quote, and it's like they all missed or didn't care why I did what I did. Lorena mm-hmm. is correct, of course, that most people forget that she was being tried for what she did. Um, oh, sorry. Forget that before she was being tried for what she did, John was charged with marital sexual assault. At the time, marital rape only recently had been made a crime in all 50 states and was nearly impossible to prove in Virginia. Many in the media, including Ladies Home Journal and um, Gay Talese on assignment for The New Yorker, question whether it was an oxymoron. This was an actual column in Penthouse. Wife rape? Who really gets screwed? 
was the name of this column. Yep. Canceled. Um, on Saturday Night Live, they implored... Uh, there was a sketch where they asked Lorena to apologize to John's penis. Um, so she just kind of blew up mm-hmm. into the zeitgeist for all of the wrong things. Um she and then this article went on to say, and she is correct that people forget that a jury found her not guilty by reason of temporary insanity. We forget about the string of witnesses at her trial who testified that they had seen bruises on her arms and neck and that she'd called 911 repeatedly and that John had bragged to his friends about forcing his wife to have sex. In the year since the trial, he was arrested several times and served jail time for violence against two different women. Uh, quote, this is about a victim and a survivor, and this is about what's happening in our world today, Lorena told me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, the, the article goes on to say that, um, let's see, um, so, In 1994, O.J. Simpson was arrested and later acquitted for the murder of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson. Um, Gross. That same year, Congress passed the Violence Against Women Act. Quote, the national dialogue that started with Anita Hill, Lorena Bobbitt, O.J. Simpson, finally created a national discourse that gave us some traction on legislation, um, says Katie Ray Jones, chief executive of the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So even though most portrayals of Lorena made her seem like, in her words, this crazy jealous lady, the Bobbitt trial did play a part in the laws changing. Quote, I was the subject of so many jokes in the 90s, and to me it was just cruel, she said. They didn't understand. Why would they laugh about my suffering? But a couple of decades later, after a lot of therapy, Lorena gets it now. She understands that the reason she has a platform is because of the detached penis, because of the hot dog box and Franken penis and that unforgettable last name. Quote, I'll put myself through the jokes and everything as long as I can shine a light on domestic violence and sexual assault and marital rape, she said. Good for her. You know I love a good survivor story. Yes, you do. Um, I just, like, you know, you're talking about the Violence Against Women Act just really brought about after Nicole Brown Simpson. And it's like how many people had to, like how many people died unnecessarily. And that's kind of how I feel about things happening right now. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I don't have a lot else. Like I'm, my brain is like, fried and I'm so tired even though I'm doing my best to do better and to explain to people why this is such a big problem and etc it's tiring oh yeah having to explain to people over and over and over again why you shouldn't be a racist yep like, that shouldn't be a conversation we have in 2020. No. Sorry about it. No, it should not. You are absolutely right. Um, Need to reform the police force and stop giving them military-grade weapons. They don't need them. Nope. Um, mm. So, 
to kind of close out this running conversation, as you mentioned, it is exhausting and it is uncomfortable to be an ally. And our friend Anna today said, um, being an ally is supposed to be uncomfortable because we're taking the burden off of those who've carried it for so long. If you are uncomfortable, <laughs> then you're doing it right. And I just want to give her credit for yes. putting into words what I could not. Yes. So shout out to Anna for being exactly right. Anna, who is in the thick of this living <laughs> where in it's Minneapolis. in Minneapolis, where it's awful and scary. And she is a queen. She was out yes, she is. cleaning up and making the best mm-hmm. of everything that she can. And I am so grateful to have her in our lives and as a friend to the show. One million percent. We love you, Anna. We love you, love you, love you. Um, if you are looking for information about what's happening in Minneapolis, um, go follow Amanda from Wine and Crime um, on Twitter or Instagram. It's Amanda, A-M-A-N-D-E-R-007. Um, she is like constantly tweeting about what's happening and how you can help. So Yes. And Definitely. I have not talked to Erin about this, but I know that she'll agree this week. We are not going to ask you to join our Patreon. We would much rather you no. take that $5 and give it to an organization that is on please. the front lines, please to one of your local black lives matter organizations to the Minnesota freedom fund to an organization uh, to that reclaim the block. Um, go. And I know if you're, if you live in a city where there are protests happening, which I do, I do. Too. Um, yeah. Shit's crazy downtown right now, but ours um, was super peaceful. It's kind of made national headlines about how peaceful it was. Ours was super peaceful until they ran into the, yeah. Militia. I fucking, I can't talk about it. Um, I'm going to get really mad. Um, so donate to, if you can't find any other place to donate to, go lo- donate to your local food bank for people that are dealing um, with stores and things being closed and not able to access um, that kind of thing. Um, remember, COVID is not over. Right. Um, so continue just to be safe. Please. We need all of you. We love you. We love you. Um, we're not going to give our social today. It's not about us today. It's about so yeah. much, so many more things. Mm-hmm. So um, we love you. And mm-hmm. thanks for joining us. Bye. Yeah. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.